Hey, Peter. What's up? Is it cold in here? It's cold in here, and I got the chills, bruh. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Today's episode is sponsored by the Oxford American. The Oxford American is a magazine dedicated to documenting the complexity and vitality of the American South. Its award-winning annual music issue comes with a CD sampler and digital download. It's a must-have for any serious music fan. Recent issues have featured Nina Simone, Thelonious Monk, John Cage, and John Coltrane. And visit OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI. Today, that's OxfordAmerican.org forward slash YHI. YHI as in you'll hear it. And I mean, you said featuring John Cage and John Coltrane. You had me at that. I know, right? Any magazine that features those two Johns is is all right with well, me. And they can write about it in the kind of intelligent way that the Oxford American does. Is Was John Cage from North Carolina as well? Is um, that what the connection was? I don't know, actually. I that might the, have been the North Carolina issue. I have not read the, uh, the the article about John Cage, but interesting. we'll be doing that. So, all right, we, we alluded to some chills today. Yes. And that's because we're talking about seven uh, tracks that give us chills. Yes. And by that, we mean like goosebumps like the hairs on the on your on your neck stand up that's right, right. Yeah. and i mean the tracks are all great but we're even talking about specific moments right we're breaking it down for you maybe we should call it seven moments should we should we call an audible and change it or no i don't know no i'm down let's do it okay seven moments they give us chills seven moments on tracks wait <laughs> yeah okay we'll just do moments that's yeah fine. for people to hear our thought process of the production of this i think is exciting oh it's actually. enlightening <laughs> it's enlightening. <laughs> enlightening okay so these are those kind of moments where you're just like damn i mean just like you you're you're happy to be alive and i mean you know the wonderful thing about one of the wonderful things about jazz uh this music that we call jazz is that these moments can come at any time um it's you know there's like you know great piece of classical music by beethoven or by any of these great composers there's these wonderful moments, and we know they're coming, and it's great to experience them. In jazz, on a recording, you get a similar thing because we listen to them over and over again, and you know those moments are coming. But then on the live gig, they yeah. can come at any time. That doesn't mean they always come, but when they do, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, pinnacle. I, I we're going to the mountaintop. As, as a musician, as someone who we're really painting time, right, with, with sound, Yes, yeah. I mean— I don't know if I just made that up or not. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I like it. but I feel like it's part of our responsibility to create these kind of moments. Yes. Like, that's what we live for, right? I think NPR calls them driveway moments or something like that. We'll call these you'll hear it moments. Oh, I like oh. that even better. Seven tracks that you'll hear it. But these are our favorite ones and, and some of our favorite ones. There's a yeah. ton of them. I mean, every great record has multiple dozens of these kind of moments but you these are some that we talk about all the time. Yeah, and it's this is a little bit random. Like we did not go through this and say, "Okay, we need to cover this." These are just sort of top of our mind today, yeah. so we we can. This might be fun to revisit at some point too, because we didn't like try to hit every single error or anything. Yo, and and go to youllhearit.com and share your favorite moments from your favorite records nice, with us. We want to nice. hear them, and maybe we could do a part two with our listeners' favorite moments. And do we have a Spotify playlist with these? And there is included? a Spotify playlist. Check the description for the link to the Spotify playlist. And uh, yeah, Damn. you know what we need? We what? need a You'll Hear It Spotify account because right now we're just kind of going off of mine. Really? Yeah. You got a problem with that, man? No, I mean, you but want to like, share, share. We could the uh, we could have like a nice curated I, collection of. All right, let's do that. Okay, let's do that. Okay, uh, our first moment is Tintin Dale. We've talked about this before. We have. Yeah. And uh, this this is such a wonderful moment, and it's become our go to explanation for what is swing. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we get bogged down with trying to describe how to swing, we, you know, it's what like what is that old phrase when it's like um, you know. 
That guy was such a, snark, a, a snappy dresser. If you looked in the dictionary under snappy dresser, there's a picture of him. You know? yeah. So if you look in the dictionary under swing, there is a link to this track. And there's an old saying, Maybe. too, don't explain it, show it. That's right. And this is one of those things. And that, there's another old saying, if you got it, flaunt it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is one of those things that it's hard to explain. Right. But it's easier just to hear it. So let's hear it. What? Double snake face. What is going on? I want to just I'm going to back that up even more. So <laughs> back can, that thing up. Because man. it's in that it's in that sort of Latin groove for a while. Uh, we're going to go back. 12 8. Oh man. It just feels so That's incredible. That's just nasty. You got to listen to the whole thing. What I love he goes into this kind and of whole already, tone thing. Yeah. And he's always he's already kind of hinting at the swing. I mean he's always kind of swing. I mean yeah. I'm getting chills. I'm, I'm serious. I'm getting chills. I mean, this passes time. the test. Can we get, just give a shout out here to Ray Brown? Listen to what uh, Ray Brown does. On. The first the moment great. of a swing, he plays three of the of the roots in a row. Yeah. Just boom, boom, boom. Yep. Three solid quarter notes. Simplify and isolate, my friend. Man. Ray Brown's like, what is what him. is this chord? Is this a G or something? I'm just going to play three (laughs) Gs in a row. He's just, I mean, him and Ed Thigpen are locked in in a way that is so natural. Like, it's it's not a a robotic kind of locked in. It's just like a locked into the time, locked into the feel more than even the time. They're locked into both, Mm. but they're just locked into that feel. And it's such a cool moment because it's, it's just the drama of the whole arrangement. And I encourage you, if you haven't heard this track, you know, to really check it out from the beginning. It's kind of ridiculous that we're just jumping to these places, but it gives you a little bit of a taste. The whole thing of it's like the drama that's built up to this moment that makes it even more satisfying. Look, they could have come at the beginning and swinging like that. No problem. Yeah. But it's the build up to it. Yeah. Go, go through our Spotify playlist, listen to the whole track. Cause all of these are much better in the actual context, but still actually on, it's on still their own. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Exactly. So our number two here is one that I picked and, and this is, um, this was such an obvious one we were talking about. Yeah, hey, you really got, went obscure on this one. Yeah, right. No, Wait, this is this is, even on Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most iconic moments in the history of jazz, for yep. sure. It's used in th- countless, you know, uh, dis- uh, like commercials and films and everything. I mean, it's it's one of the best feeling times ever. This is Miles yep. Davis from Kind of Blue. So what? Right before the trumpet solo. Again, that transition, yeah, you know, going from a, another groove to swing, always effective. I mean, exactly. a lot of our moments here are, are transitions from grooves, but that's what's so great about you know using these different colors in your arrangements or in your playing is yeah. that they create these special moments and that sizzle on the cymbal, oh. that crash, just sh- and it lingers. 
So on those our first two examples here, there's there's uh, definitely the symbol, the stick on the ride symbol between two masters, Jimmy Cobb and Ed Thigpen is a big part of both of these. So that's something to note. But yes, to your point of like the transition, like these are these are times when we always want to think about in arranging, in soloing, yeah. that um, uh, and how we play tunes are big moments to take advantage of. You know, we always want to think about where we're going and oh, I can't wait till I get to the solo. Think about those transitions because those are end up being the moments that can be so amazing and satisfying. And like Bill Evans does an interesting thing because they go to this new field for mm -hmm. the first time. It's all been building up to this and you're walking. So you've got something. He kind of almost harkens back with those same voicings he hints, yeah. and, and hints at the melody going backwards, which kind of bridges it together nicely. Another common commonality is two of the most swinging bass players in music history yeah. right here, Paul Chambers yeah. and Ray Brown. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah, so check out So What if you haven't heard it before. Yeah, yeah, it's on a, uh, if you can find it. If you can find it anyway. Kind of blue. All right, for our number three, we have another uh, iconic moment. This is not going to be a surprise to anyone. <laughs> this is from Amajamal's Live at the Pershing. Uh, this is Poinciana. Why does everyone always say Live at the Pershing? What is That's it? correct. Pershing? I always thought it was Pershing, but I think that must be a St. Louis thing because we have Pershing Avenue down here. But Pershing, I believe, is, is correct. I mean, if you if you know this track, you know what moment I'm talking about because it's it's the ultimate causer of chills yeah. and stank face. You know, they're just grooving along here in the what we what we call the Point Sienna groove. <laughs> like literally, what it's it's like it's not a it's not a tissue, it's a Kleenex. Side note, yeah. How many drummers have you leaned over to right before starting a tune and be like, uh, Point Sienna groove? Right. You don't even have to eat this, but Point Sienna, like the tune or the groove? No, it's the groove. Yeah, the groove. Let's back it up a little more. California, New Orleans zone. So elegant the way they're playing. Elegant. And we're off. I mean, I just I've heard this a million times. I, I just got little chills. It's always good. You know what this good. is for me too. Transition this is again. All it's a transition, but it's all Vernell Fournier. That pop on beat four right before it comes in, and then of course the groove. All of the stuff he's doing yeah. busy. Let's hear that one more time. And it's the transition is really from the two grooves, which is easy to think they're playing the same groove, and he's just going to cymbal, but it's not. Because now it's a little more backbeatish, right? And that line. I mean, this album to me is a precursor of modern hip hop. Like, it, there's just these yeah. grooves, these moments, these beats almost that they're creating. Really, and so. I mean, structurally, really influenced and informed a lot of Miles Davis's work around the same period, all the way through. You know, certainly, kind of blue, uh, and and then the later quintet is it's very informative of that. Speaking of Miles Davis. Oh, we have another Miles we have Davis. We're at number four. We're going Miles. That's what I said. We didn't we didn't plan this out to try to be politically correct and hit all the right people. We just we basically came up with the seven first tracks that gave you and I ch chills, four and three. And, it, and we had a little bit of overlap, but we said, you know what? So what? So well, this that is was number two. So what? Stella by Starlight uh, from My Funny Valentine. Yep. Live, 1964 at the Philharmonic, New York City. Jeez. And this is another, you know, you got to hear it all building up the solo. But when he goes up to this. Mm 
almost no vibrato on that. And that moment just typifies Miles during this period, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it's so uh, just the iconic. He's cacking a little bit. Yeah, he's cacking when he first goes up there. Yeah, going for it, and he has that groove that's just undeniable. And what yeah. the band is doing behind him. Yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, there's a bunch of chill, gives me chills kind of moments in this. The very beginning of this track, the intro from Herbie Hancock. I mean, the very first notes that he plays really, I, like. I've heard, I've thought about I mean I've heard it a lot too although I don't even listen to this all the time now I know it so well I learned it when I was young like it's informed almost everything I do when I sit down at the piano and play an introduction really because it like it's so beautiful it sets the tone and it sets the bar so high it's like not that we have to play like he does but if we're doing a piano intro like you gotta you gotta bring it well I it's think the first thing that's being and you know there's some great stuff gonna be played after you know I think we should take an aside and listen okay. to a little bit Let's of this take intro a little yeah. And it's nothing like crazy or anything. Did you hear that, Miles? There was like a ghost of him playing it first before he actually played it on there because yeah. of the way it was mastered. The tape was sitting on there. There was bleed through on there. Yeah. From how it was recorded live. Very interesting. Yeah. Man, that is so great. And that <sighs> intro is so killing. Yep. Those two records, so My Funny Valentine and Four and More are both uh, from the same concert. All right, what do we got next? Okay, one, two, three, four. That was four. This is number five. So we've got uh, John Coltrane, Johnny Hartman, Lush Life. And this, I kind of highlight, again, the whole track could be, gives me chills, but especially the beginning of John Coltrane's solo. Again, let's listen to the drums. Have have a nice, another master drummer seems to be a, a, a part of the situation. Interesting. Here we go. Small dive and there I'll be while I rot with the rest, dude. Of those whose lives are lonely too. And you're right. Elvin's playing on this record is underrated. I think. Oh man, it's so his brushwork. You know, I mean, I when I was younger, I, I played and and worked with and just hung a lot with Brian Blade, and he was so into Elvin Jones. Like he's somebody who really channeled that kind of brushwork. Uh, I think in a really interesting way. I mean, you got Tony Williams, of course, in that same period. Um, you know, Jimmy Cobb, so many different. But I mean, yeah, I think Elvin's brushwork on there, and he just sort of sets it up like some of these other tracks. I think Coltrane. Just that sound and this like playing some kind of crazy stuff, but it's just so pretty. So many notes at the beginning of the solo on this beautiful ballad, you think, oh, it's too much, but mm. nah, nah, it's not. <laughs> All right. All right. Our next one is a little more moderate. It comes from Brad Meldow's uh, Art of the Trio, Volume 4, Live at the Village Vanguard. Mm. This is an original tune. I think it might be the only original on the record, but it's really great. It's a super long track. I mean, it's a live track. Uh, but there's a moment that happens right in the middle, and it's about 45, second long, 45 seconds long, again, where they changed grooves a couple of times, and each time always gives me chills. Uh, let's check it out.
Rossi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Larry Grenadier and Jorge oh, Rossi. Man. I mean, they were, you know, wh- what you don't hear is that they were in that, that dotted quarter time. Yeah. And that's when they started swinging it, and then they go effortless, effortlessly back to, you know, yeah. the walking thing. And it's just so incredible. So we know almost every one of these is, of these moments is at a transition point. Really important so. to know. I think so. And that's, I mean, the Miles one was kind of at the pinnacle of the solo, so that was a unique one, but... The rest of them is very interesting. It's like the beginning of solo or, or change of time or going from one groove to another. But if you, I think that, that record, too, is probably the pinnacle of that trio of Larry, Jorge, and Is that Brad. volume one? Volume four. Volume four. I mean, it's when they had been playing together for a long time, yeah, and they've yeah. recorded a bunch of them already, and it just is a culmination. I remember when they did the first one, they called it volume one. I was like, wow, that's pretty cocky of you there, uh. buddy. <laughs> that turned out pretty good, though. <laughs> All right, for number seven, we're, we're really going to the mountaintop on this, in my opinion. Um, just to a, a, a moment on a solo that uh, from Louis Armstrong, this is I, I Got a Right to Sing the Blues. Kind of a corny tune, but uh, but what he does with this, and this is the OG version, like this is the old one. I, I wanna, I'll look in a second. No, I won't. I don't even care. But it's the older one. He did one later. I was going to say the 30s, 40s. I don't know. It's old, old school. But the whole yeah. thing about this is just what he plays. And what can we play it a little bit before? But when he... When the band breaks again, a transition, and he starts to solo, and like you got to keep in mind, like how corny stuff was being played <laughs> during this time period, and the way that he plays. We've talked about this before with with pretty much all of his solos. Mm. Like he was so ahead of his time, but just in terms of like standing the test of time, and just some beautiful like the phrasing, the freedom, the swing, the feel, his confidence within that, the musicianship, the tone, the whole thing. The best. Yeah. Here we go. And what he, he sings the melody before this, and it's incredible. Like his phrasing and harmony is like super advanced. But then when, I mean, but this is the moment right when they break. Did he just make a one one hell yeah. note swing a little bit? Ex- yeah, yeah. He, he literally plays a whole note over two bars and it's swinging, and then he goes into the next, and then he starts. We gotta go back here again. I uh, know, no, no. But, no. but w- then when he starts soloing, like, I mean, obviously he's the one pushing. If you hear the whole track, pushing everybody to Dude. swing. But he starts soloing. He starts floating above the time I, immediately. I've never heard this. That's inc- <laughs> like I think he uses that vibrato to make this whole note swing. Yeah, that's insane. It actually swings harder than what they're doing. Right back to floating. So it's like he goes into that real traditional New Orleans kind of break thing, 
and then goes right back to floating over the time. And Man. I mean, it's you That's, know, I really think that he set the tone phrasing wise yeah. for singers, for horn players, for piano, for everybody. I mean, it know? was a life full of giving people chills for yeah. sure, sure. It was. It's almost like you know, jazz or whatever they were calling it then, or you know, could have devolved into some kind of corny dance music. Mm. And he just, just like you know, ele elevated it, elevated the game for sure. For real. Yeah. Well, let's do a little bit of a review here and I'm going to give people the timestamps so that if you're, if you're going to our playlist, which you can find here in the description at, on Spotify, you can find these exact moments, but yeah. I encourage you to listen to the whole thing and, and yeah, you it's know, not kill you. experience it for yourself. <laughs> so, uh, the, our first one was Tin Tin Deo and that happened at three minutes and four seconds. And yeah. then we had, uh, that's, that's Oscar, Oscar Peterson. Peter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what so record? I always forget the record. It doesn't matter. It's, I mean, it does it's, matter. It's on the it's playlist. On the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then so what from some record I never heard of. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's at one minute thirty seconds. Uh, Point Sienna, Ahmad Jamal, live at the Pershing at two oh nine is when yeah. that groove changes. Stella by Starlight at four fourteen. Miles plays that incredible uh, lick very emotionally. Yeah. Lush life from uh, John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. Three minutes and ten seconds is when Coltrane starts. Coltrane starts on. Yeah. Nice Pass from Brad Meldo, Live at the Village Vanguard, Volume 4. Sorry, Art of the Trio, Volume 4, Live at the Village Vanguard. It's a 30-second section at, starting at about 10 minutes uh, yeah. is when they changed that groove a couple times. And then Louis Armstrong, I Got a Right to Sing the Blues at 1 minute and 50 seconds. Yeah, and the whole track up. is only three minutes long. Yeah, yeah. But like he sings the melody, and then there's that little instrumental um, segue, and then mm. bam. Cool. Yeah. Man, that's good. This is fun. This is fun. So send us yours. Yeah. Go to youllhearit.com and let us know your favorite uh, moments that give you chills. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, don't forget that for a limited time, you'll hear it. Listeners can subscribe to the Oxford American for only 25 bucks. Bam. Visit oxfordamerican.org forward slash YHI to subscribe today. That's like just five of your little fancy coffees, Adam. My little fancy coffees? Yeah. Buddy. At that place you go. We're not saying because they're not a sponsor. We're not mentioning any other non-sponsors. We kind of have competing coffee sponsorships here. I mean, you, yeah, you have the blueprint and I have the sump. We just said we're not mentioning that. No, we're on, not man. endorsing anything. I'm just no, saying Adam likes a superior coffee than here. That's all we're saying. <laughs> I just said it's five of those, though. They're pricey. Five? Yeah. Oh, it's like two. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, until tomorrow. You'll hear it.